Greetings and welcome to episode 227 of the Words About Games podcast, a weekly video game podcast for Words About Games. I'm your host, Amy K. Alexander, joined this week by the non-dancing one, Mr. Daffy Mooney. How are you doing? Oh, what are we going to do here, Amy? We've got so many amazing stories that we're going to bash and take all of them down by choke slamming them straight to hell. How are you doing, sweetheart? I hope you are well. I hope you enjoy my amazing accent of the amazing actor that is Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's vegan like me, you know. That wasn't a bit. We hadn't rehearsed that at all, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> um, okay. Don't worry. I'm not going to do this all episode. I don't think I can do that it because my voice will hurt. That would be good. We do have a lot of serious things to talk about. I don't know. If, I don't know if Arnold Schwarzenegger impression is necessarily the best way to convey our thoughts on you know some of the things that we have. <laughs> some of the things go for it, you know. Like some of them are not serious, but some of them are serious. But it's still a good impression. It was good, and I like the way you managed to keep going. Like if I ever try to do an accent or a voice or an impression, I always lose it within about ten seconds. Either because it's making me like me laugh too much, because yeah. I always laugh at my own jokes because I'm 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 a loser like that, or because I just I morph it into a different accent, <laughs> or lose the accent entirely. Like one of those two things happen. Well, I've done it a couple of times, but not for a while now on my own podcast, and I'm thinking like uh, my co-host uh, like laughed at one while me and Fox is our we have a course. Uh, laughed at us both when we did our accent at the end of the podcast. And so I was like, I think it's damned up in back on nigga. <laughs> and all like that, so yeah. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. Did not see it coming in the slightest. <sighs> but this isn't <laughs> oh, the glorious movie show. This is the words about games cast. <laughs> What game to ping that happened? This is the Words About Games podcast, where every week we discuss what's going on in gaming, the games industry, and gaming culture. In this week's episode, we discuss Twitch staff calling the company out on sexual assault, racism, and more. The unacceptable amount of people who have seen or experienced workplace misconduct at Ubisoft. We're going to have a follow-up on last week's discussion about Cyberpunk 2077 Crunch, and... We're going to chat about Sony's PlayStation 5 sales expectations. We might have a little bit more for you. After we talk about all that, we'll go over all the new game announcements from the past week. We'll give you a content drop where we recommend some articles you should read and some videos you should watch. The fact that you're just being super serious right now has really put me off. <laughs> Is that bad? So bad. Like, just now, here I'm, just looking <laughs> the camera. And I haven't even gotten to the part yet where, like, you know, oh, we're on a bunch of audio platforms, so there's all these audio listeners who have no idea what you're doing, and it's freak. But it's like it's freaking me. Okay, oh, no, oh, was they I? can hear my voice, which is more important. We'll also tell you what games are coming out next week. Before playing Open Critic Head to Head, where we guess the Open Critic average of one upcoming game, and as always, we'll wrap the show up with a post-show discussion to chat about. Whatever's on our minds. There are timestamps in the description. Wherever you are, there are going to be timestamps. I'm just going to put my hand in front of his face for a minute. There are timestamps wherever, where, wherever you are. 
whether you're on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Deezer. We're on all those platforms now, Mooney. Wow. Yeah. We're everywhere. We're, we're everywhere. We're on Amazon Music. I don't think we're on Google yet. I don't think that one's come through. Google takes its time. Yeah, Google's was a while for mine as well. It's like, you are now processing. Yeah. Three weeks later. Wait, oh, thanks. <laughs> I just got the randomest email. I said, hey, I, I asked for that three weeks ago. <laughs> I got the, so uh, I got the iTunes email, I want to say, yesterday morning. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was right next to the email about me losing my medication, but that's a whole other story, and we want this to be a video game podcast. So, um, yes, there are timestamps wherever you are. They're very handy on YouTube, you know, because you can click them. I don't think you can click them anywhere else. But if you want to use, if you want to use them and just skip uh, skip around in the podcast, you absolutely can. You can skip entire sections. You can watch the podcast in any order you want. You can watch the whole thing backwards. We don't mind. We're just happy that you're here. That's it. That's the intro. And he's, and he's rewriting slightly so I can talk about being on, on audio platforms. But I'll get A little bit. Good now you're getting there, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's fine. I already did it. But it needs to be, it needs to be smoother. It needs to be part of the whole intro experience that I've got written and highlighted in yellow on our document. Because mm. I'll never commit it to memory. <laughs> Too, too many words. No, no, no. One time I did, and it just came off without me looking, and then it just went, it vanished after that. And that was, it was it. Like, that was the one time. time. <laughs> that one time I nailed it without even looking, and it was just like, and now I'm just like, <laughs> what's this show called again? This is the glorious line. <laughs> The glorious something, 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 something And we something. talk about something and other things, and that other one thing that we talk about. Who are you two random people who are speaking to right now? <laughs> this is someone <laughs> I know. I think I know you. I think. <laughs> Let's dive right into it, because, you know, Let's get into it. the first story is a long, long one. And if you think what I'm about to read is going to take a while, you should see the size of the full article. And that is actually a recommendation. You should definitely go and see the size of the full article. It's in the content drop below. But the headline. Twitch staff call the company out on sexual assault, racism, and more. This is from Brendan Sinclair over at GamesIndustry.biz. He writes, When the games industry saw its most recent wave of abuse allegations take shape in June, it included dozens of accusations against Twitch streamers. Twitch CEO Emmett Shear posted a memo he sent to staff about the allegations on Twitter, saying, We support people coming forward, commend their bravery in doing so, and know there are many others who have not. The gaming industry is not unlike others that have had to reckon with systemic sexism, racism, and abuse that rewards certain people and disadvantages, even harms others. The status quo needs to change. This reckoning and industry-wide actions are overdue, and this is another issue that we in the industry need to address to create lasting and positive change. Shortly after that statement, a former Twitch employee approached GamesIndustry.biz to come forward with allegations of systemic sexism, racism, and abuse like Shea had referenced. Hang on. One second. I'm just going to zoom this in a minute. I'll make the text a little bigger. That was probably too big, but I'll work with it. Sorry about that. Quote, 
I've been hesitant for years to share my story and the events that happened to me during my employment at Twitch, she said. But with the recent events and their statement on Twitter, I feel compelled to share and speak out against their blatant lies to create a safe community, end quote. This employee made it clear that she had nothing to gain by coming forward, but felt it was more important to hold Twitch accountable for its actions and lack thereof. Quote, Twitch repeatedly swept accounts of harassment and abuse under the rug, sexual, verbal, physical abuse and racism. And not just my own, it took place in the office, at events, in meetings and behind closed doors. It was rampant and unavoidable. We heard about it in the halls, we saw it at our desks. It was overt and part of the job. End quote. In the months since, we've spoken, that's game industry, not bears, have spoken with 16 Twitch employees from every area of the company, dating back to when it was just in .tv. A few said they never saw anything of the sort in their time with the company. Most of them had stories confirming different aspects of the original employees' allegations. When we told Twitch what we had heard from those employees, a spokesperson for the company replied, quote, We take any allegations of this nature extremely seriously, whether on our service or within our company, and work swiftly to investigate and address them as, appro as appropriate. Any suggestions to the contrary misrepresent our culture, leadership, and values. Many of these allegations are years old, and we've taken numerous steps to better protect and support our employees and community, and will continue to invest time and resources in this area. End quote. So, that's the intro of the article, and from here on in, I haven't, if I'd copy-pasted the full article, we'll be here all day, which, you know, we could do, but we're not going to do. So, again, if you head over to gamesindustry.biz, you'll get the full article. I've just pulled bits and pieces of it um, for us to talk about, like, there are entire stories that I've just not not pulled to put in here. Um, I've sort of got the, the more overarching stuff, um, but I will continue... One of the most common assertions we heard from employees was that Twitch is not a welcoming environment for women, with one saying the company demonstrated an explicit tolerance for misogyny. One early employee recalled an atmosphere of casual sexism in the office that ranged from ignorance to outright misogyny. Another said it was common to hear women referred to as bitches in the office. Perhaps predictably, the, cult the office culture's attitudes towards women were reflected on the Twitch platform as a whole. Women streamers were routinely called boob streamers by men in the office. One employee recalled instances of male co-workers joking about streamers sleeping with people to get favours or slut-shaming them. One employee involved in moderation recalled professional streamer Casey Tron as an example of that, saying there was an abundance of concern when she started becoming popular on Twitch while wearing low-cut tops. <clears throat> Quote, It was one of those rare moments where some of these guys just came out with it and were honest. This woman is a problem because she's showing too much cleavage and we need to come up with a way that does not bend our rules but allows us to get her off this website, end quote. Over the years, Twitch has banned, suspended or warned women for breastfeeding, body painting, wearing workout clothes at the gym and cosplaying as Chun-Li. While Twitch has at times been hands-on about the sexuality of women, most of those we spoke to said it was less engaged when it came to the harassment of women. This extended not just to streamers but to Twitch employees. We heard accusations of victim blaming and downplaying serious offences when women reported problems in the office. We were told one woman had been called a cunt and spat on by a car worker. Her manager responded by asking her what she did to deserve it. When another reported abusive behaviour to a member of senior management, he made excuses for it, saying the individual in question had a difficult upbringing. Multiple women said they'd been sexually assaulted by men at the company, including forced kisses, groping and inappropriate massages. 
One described suffering verbal assault that was, quote, extremely inappropriate, abusive, degrading, and cruel, end quote. One woman said she was told to continue working with the man who sexually assaulted her and show him respect. One person who raised a concern about the treatment of women at the company said they were told that if they don't feel safe here, they should just leave. One person reported a Twitch manager for non-sexual harassing behaviour and HR said they would speak to the manager about it. When we asked if that was the end of it, they replied, quote, Well, it was not the end of it for me, but it was the end of it for HR, end quote. Another person who made a formal report to HR said they were retaliated against by the person they reported as well, both physically and verbally. In multiple cases, women said the men they reported were promoted after their reports. Quote, Twitch has a woman problem, one employee told us. I don't know if there are enough people who would also say that Twitch also has a racial and ethnic minority problem as well. End quote. While we heard fewer stories of overt racism directed towards employees by their co-workers and managers, one employee saw a lack of diversity in the company contributing to a broader problem with racism and prejudice of all kinds at Twitch on its pla- and on its platform. Quote, Historically, the decision makers have been predominantly white and male, so they've brushed off safety concerns of racial and ethnic minorities, women and people from other underrepresented groups. They've brushed off those concerns and said, when we are prioritizing product roadmaps, this is where certain safety tools and safety interventions lie. We're going to put those at the bottom because they're not as important to us. End quote. One employee said racism was accepted within the company, recalling one former executive making repeated racist comments to an Asian woman on the team. Another rally employee said people within the company had to fight for a year to get the N-word on the global ban list. Streamers also were expected to moderate their own chats and could ban individuals from their channel, so it was not seen as the responsibility of the platform to police behaviour. One person from the Justin.tv days recalled an early meeting about establishing rules for the new gaming side of the business that would eventually grow to become Twitch. The new gaming would need special rules because they didn't want, for example, someone streaming an M-rated game to get banned for showing pornography because of brief nudity in a cutscene. While logistical issues of that sort were in the focus of the meeting, this person recalls future Twitch CEO Sheer insisting that JustinTV needs to be a service that has no opinion, to the point where he insisted the Ku Klux Klan could be allowed to stream so long as they adhered to the platform's rules. Beyond the incidents above, the employee quoted at the beginning of the section said people within the company pushing for diversity were typically punished for inconvenient activism, even as the company has spent, years, has spent recent years paying lip service to social justice causes in public. In July, Twitch posted a video montage of streamers expressing support for Black Lives Matter and calling on people to lift black voices, but pulled it after people pointed out the video was overwhelmingly white, with only one line spoken by a black streamer. Incidentally, in the same week, the company edited a Pride Celebration video after it claimed that G in LGBTQIA also stands for Gamer. More recently, it celebrated Hispanic Heritage Month in the US with a series of emote modifiers that let people deck out their favourite emotes with sombreros or maracas. When people objected, Twitch said it clearly missed the mark and removed the modifiers. Uh, there's not that much left. In June, amidst the wave of women describing abuse they suffered from Twitch streamers, Twitch partnered streamer Vio went public with her story about a member of the Twitch partnership team, Hassan Bakari. She said Bakari abused his position in the company, wooing her with swag like a purple Twitch hoodie and pulling strings to get her partnered before ultimately sexually assaulting her. 
Months later, Kotaku reported that Bakari no longer worked at Twitch, with the company only saying it had a third-party firm investigate the matter, and it took action in accordance with the findings. The following month, Wired reported about how easy it was to find children under the age of 13 live-streaming using Twitch's mobile app, as well as the deeply concerning interactions with strangers they have there. While the outlet regularly found apparent children live-streaming on Twitch, it was said there were far fewer such instances on Facebook Gaming and YouTube Gaming. YouTube has restrictions in place to restrict live-streaming from mobile devices to more established viewers, while Facebook appears to more carefully moderate channel discovery, Wired reported. The writer of that Wired report, Cecilia D'Anastasio, said on Twitter that one of the ways the outlet discovered children streaming was through the use of sorting functions on the site's Just Chatting section. For example, children would be less likely to have large audiences, so the ability to sort by streams with the fewest viewers could help surface them. A day after the Wired story ran, D'Anastasio noted that Twitch had removed some of its sorting options. So there's a lot more at the link. You can find it in the description. Uh, with the content drop links, there's a lot more, like pages and pages more, I would imagine. Um, but that should give you some indication of what we're talking about here when we're going to be talking about Twitch. And I've been talking for probably about 10 minutes, so I'm going to hand over to Mooney <laughs> to just, just give you thoughts on this while I drink. Well... I don't know really where to unpack it all of that because that was a lot. There's no doubt about it. Again, go back to the amazing article, ladies and gentlemen, that has been written. Um, Twitch, we've always known that they've had some very different of things that they do. Like they did put up the, the LGBT video that they quoted the G meant for gamer. The Black Lives Matter video that completely missed the market had one person of color on it. Like what? Like, <sighs> yeah. They are clearly just like a lot of studios, Ubisoft, which I'm sure we'll be talking about shortly, That's and like that. Activision have been, and Blizzard, and etc., and many, 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 many more. The higher ups seem like they feel like they, because they are the boss, they can do whatever the hell they want type of situation, and HR basically allows them to get away. Well, HR, HR is, is more designed to protect them than necessarily the employees, right? Protect the company. Like, in, in situations like the ones we've just read about yeah, Twitch and the ones where... Not, not not all HR everywhere, but in these situations, yeah. it seems like they're designed to protect the company over the That's the, the thing the about it, yeah. They shouldn't be. They should be protecting every every aspects of the company. So if a person, if an employee is, said, is saying something that they has happened to them, they need to be listened to this, and clearly they haven't. Um, this is disgusting. This is vile. This, thankfully, this is out now. Again, going to the article and everything. It's, it's so much. It, it's you don't like say it's so much done packaging. You don't know really where to stand. Start with this thing. It's just like it, it is, is disgusting. It is. Twitch, you are letting millions of people down. You've let yourself down, and I'm also going to frustrate the Amazon. You bought this company. Personally, you probably should have been investigating this yourself just because you own it, personally. But clearly, you're probably letting them do whatever the hell they want, kind of like the Microsoft situation when it comes to the gate play, the studios they are buying. They're basically financing them type of situation as long as they get the content. And that's what it seems like if for Twitch and Amazon and like... 
we've heard so many of these disgust and vile stories. It's just like, uh, again, another one. Why do you have to be assholes, people? Like, seriously, it's not hard to be nice. It really isn't hard to be nice. It's not. It isn't. It's the easiest thing. It's actually seriously the easiest thing in the world to be nice. And for some weird reason, some disgusting people in many industries feel like they can use their quote-unquote status or power to get favors. You vile to say what they want, to do what they want, and it doesn't matter who you are, what you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, there's, and I say this sitting in the presence of one of the nicest, nicest people. I'm, I'm gesturing at you, not, not my wall. At one of the, the nicest people I know. That's why we. She has a picture friends, of me on the wall, is and why we why. do it's got. I've drawn a heart <laughs> on it in lipstick. And, <laughs> but no, like it, there's, there's, there's a pro, there's a the, the problem at a lot of these companies is is misogyny and white privilege. Like, these people think they can get away with it because they can get away with it, so they keep getting away with it. Like, a lot of the stuff internally at Twitch, in this in this in this star from that's come out from this story, seems to revolve around just like obviously sexual abuse and sexual assault, which is in an, on an entirely another level. But a lot of it is casual racism and casual sexism, and I imagine casual homophobia has probably been thrown in there as well. But because the the people who run the company set the tone when they found it and then no one challenges them and then eventually it becomes the norm and then when people do come in and challenge it they can't because it's just the norm right like how many times have we heard stories like this or even probably experienced it and it's first hand or second hand in our, in our own lives where it's like you know someone's being racist and you point out that they're being racist and someone will defend that person by saying well that's just the way that that person is and it's like well it shouldn't be like have has anyone stopped to consider that <laughs> when the defense is that is just the way the person is i lose faith in in the human flipping species ladies yeah. and gentlemen i mean we did oh, this um... racist oh it's just who he is Oh, this person's a sexist. Oh, it's just. Or, or the ultimate brilliant defense of just like, no, that's not, that's not racist. I mean, it, yeah, it <sighs> is. I, I had a conversation with one person once, and in, in and in fairness, there was four people in the room, and the other two people sort of jumped in with me on 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 my side of the tech, and it was at the beginning of the year, and it wasn't malicious racism, but it was still racism. Um where it was at the beginning of the year before the the pandemic had really broken out in this country or anywhere else apart from China. And um obviously there was those there were those there were those news stories and and things on social media popping up of people like keeping their distance from Chinese people in this country because they're racist. Um and and someone said and I I give them the benefit of the doubt because I've never heard them say anything racist before in my entire life. Um and someone said, "Oh, like are, are they not just being sensible?" By like keeping their distance from someone who's Chinese, who's Asian. To which obviously we all pointed out that that person may be Asian, but they're probably not Chinese if they're on a tube station. If they're on a tube train in London, they're probably English. <laughs> like, and and stuff like that happens all the time, everywhere. And I, and enough people just say, well, is that not? And, and as that person said, that's not. Is that not just being sensible as opposed to being racist? It's like, no, that's racist, and what you've just said is racist. 
and it depends what happens next as to whether the person t- and not just this one person I'm not just beating on this one person at this point it's, yeah. that's just an example of a general thing and then it becomes well you either listen and accept that what you said was racist or you don't you double down and you defend yourself and we need more people to just listen and accept and take on board when they are being racist and when they are being sexist or when they are just being wrong. Like, we've all done it in our in our lives. Me, Moody, Keith, Patrick. Everybody out there has been wrong. About something at some point in their lives. We've used a word that we shouldn't have used. We've said a thing that we shouldn't have said. And in, in the case of myself and Moody, we're constantly learning and we're constantly listening. To, 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 to not... to. Like we'll never be perfect, but like I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anyone. Any good people, anyway. Like I'll punch a Nazi in the face right now if one walk through that door. But that's again a whole other topic. Um, <laughs> Got some guns, people. Keep an eye on it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Look, in, look out, look out, Nazis. Um, but yeah, it's just. It's it's disappointing to read this again and have to 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 do this story again. But at the same time, like if it's, it's, dis- it's disappointing for us. Imagine how the people who who have gone through this at Twitch feel. Oh, or just yeah. people who have gone this in general. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. My 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 annoyance with these type of things is that again, like seriously, what have, how have you been raised? How have you to these these to these to literally the questions I want to ask to the people who. Like, you cannot be serious how you feel like this is right to do this to a woman. How this is right to do this to a person of colour. Or or any ethnic group out there. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it, I don't understand it. Why you think it's okay to say the N-word. To be homophobic. To be transphobic. To be sexist. To the whole shebang. I just don't understand it. Why anyone would think it's is going to get you somewhere in life. It really doesn't make sense to me. I think now, part I of the of issue people... is, Moody, that it doesn't hamper you. If you are a certain type of person, white, cis, straight, being that way doesn't necessarily hamper you in any way. As evidenced by all of this. You know what I mean? Like the past however many months and years it is we've been talking about stuff like this. you know, yeah. in, a, in a more open way. Like these people are all people in power. Like there's a joke in the good place that I that I always loved, and I always come back to you. One of the characters, um, where one of the characters says, "Oh, like I chose the form of a of a forty five year old white man because I can only fail upwards," and it's like, "Ha, it's a funny joke, but also it's true." Like, <laughs> if you, yeah, you can only fail upwards if you're a, if you're if you're a certain type of person. Yeah. Um. As evidenced by all of the shit that happens at all of these companies. And I like to hope that us having these conversations is going to start rooting it out. But we'll see. I guess. Hopefully, yeah. Like, uh, the, it, the, it's good that the discussion's out there. That you've seen big sites, big websites, amazing written websites like Game Industries talking about this, Bloomberg talk about this, Kotaku talk about this, Eurogamer talk about this. Anyone else who isn't talking about it, I'm just going to say shame on you personally. Any of the big sites out there, you're not talking about this, shame on you. 
We'll see. This uh, start. This story broke like a few hours ago, so it's probably not on any other website at the moment. Um, I've been kind of expecting an article like this. We asked the question during the week. We did the podcast where the week where they had the Black Lives Matter video and the LGBTQ video mm. incidents at the same time. And I believe we asked the question: What the hell's going on at Twitch no. for this to happen? Now we know. And and since then, I've kind of been waiting for something to... I, I'll be honest, I'll, I'm just going to say it, and this is no shade on Brendan Sinclair, who wrote a fantastic article here. I was waiting for a Jason Schreier article. <laughs> like... it's, he, he is the person who normally you hear to get these type of things, so don't deny what you're saying there. It's... Uh, but now we know this person. We know of this person. So yeah, like we, I've read his yeah, his name rings a bell. So he must I must have read his name out when we've done this podcast before. But Games Three is like are, are of another fantastic website. I highly recommend them. I also highly recommend their podcast. After you finish listening to our podcast on a week, you should go listen to the Games Three is podcast because it's also really good. Anyway, should we move on? Let's move on to an article from The Verge. From The Verge. Ubisoft survey reveals that 25% of employees have seen or experienced workplace misconduct. This is from Chaim Gartenberg over at The Verge, who writes, Ubisoft CEO Yves Gilmore has published the results of an employee survey undertaken by the company over the summer following allegations of endemic harassment and toxicity, and the results are eye-opening. In the anonymous survey of nearly 14,000 employees, One in four respondents said that they had either witnessed or experienced workplace misconduct themselves in the past two years, and one in five said they didn't feel fully respected or safe in the work environment. The results also noted that women and non-binary employees witnessed or were more likely to experience or witness harassment than men. Ubisoft says the survey, which was conducted by a third-party research firm and the results of which were provided to The Verge, started shortly after the initial allegations of sexual harassment, misconduct, sexism, racism and a toxic workplace environment came to light earlier this summer. As a result of these accusations, a host of Ubisoft executives and creative leaders have been either fired or stepped down from their current roles, including Tommy Francois, Maxime Balland, Ashraf Ismail, Serge Haskoyer and Yanis Malat. Ubisoft veteran Michel Ancel also recently departed from the company. A later report from French newspaper Liberation, which Ancel denies, claimed that this was due to an ongoing investigation into Ancel's toxic management of Beyond Good and Evil 2. Jamal's letter goes on to explain how the company hopes to begin to deal with these issues and create a safer and better work environment at Ubisoft. He notes that the company has new mechanisms in place to anonymously report harassment accusations so that they can be investigated further. Ubisoft is also revising its mandatory company code of conduct and conducting compulsory anti-sexism and anti-harassment training across the company. Ubisoft is also working to hire a new head of diversity and inclusion and new vice presidents, and it aims to have women comprise at least 24% of Ubisoft's staff by 2023, compared to the current 22%. Wow. These changes are in addition to previously announced efforts for increased diversity and representation at the company, which include new mentorship programs for women and underrepresented minorities. Quote, Everyone at Ubisoft should be able to feel confident and have the same opportunities regardless of their gender, skin colour, religion, age, or other individual traits. Regional Mall's closing remarks. Based on the way the company has handled business for the last few decades, though, 
Ubisoft still seems to have a long way to go before it reaches that point. Okay, I want to start with a thing that one irritated me, but when you read it, really irritated you, and I could hear it in your voice. So that is twenty-four. At least I'm hoping to aim to have uh, at least twenty-four percent of women in Ubisoft compared to the twenty-two percent. Wow. Like, tw- like I you. got to the twenty-four percent, and I was like, "That's bullshit to begin with." But then I read the part where it was like, "That'll be a two percent increase in three years." Like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand your outrageous number you're wishing to get if you were at like under 10%, but you're at 22%, you want to improve by 2% in th- by 2023? Yeah. You buggers. That's I'm trying to be very careful the words I want to say here. I really, I just, uh, I'm trying, I try my best. I try, my, I don't, I always, I, I always fail when it comes to it, but Ubisoft, Fucking seriously? nonsense. 18,000 people work at Ubisoft. That's absolute According to Google. nonsense. Ubisoft, seriously, raise up from 20 by 2%. We're going to go, on, we're going to go, I'm in high, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to 24% now. What's the number now? Uh, 22. All right. Oh, oh, okay. All right, so that is about, in three years, they're talking about hiring 360 women. They're a company of just over 18,000 employees. So I ran that down to 18,000. What's 2% of 18,000? 360. 360. 360. Okay, let's get... Fuck it. One, again, Ubisoft, you suck, okay? Fuck let's off. just be frank here. But let's just get back to the main issue here. Okay. So 25% of employees have seen and exp- or experienced workplace misconduct. Once again, it just goes back to the terrible management, HR responses, the whole shebang again with Ubisoft, just like what we talked about when it comes to the Twitch thing. I do um, also want to point out that that's a survey of current employees, not not former employees, and it's only in the past two years when we know that these issues have been ongoing for at least a decade. Fuck. So <laughs> that 25% number is people who still work at Ubisoft. In the past two years, not necessarily someone who's left didn't yeah. get surveyed. The brave people who have stuck it out. Which, to give Ubisoft some of the benefit of the doubt, obviously they can't run a survey on ex employees, right? Like that's fair. I so that's that. fair. But I also yeah. just want to point out that that number could be very different if those people were included, because I imagine exactly. a lot. I imagine a, a lot of people have left Ubisoft in the past decade for they this reason. No doubt about it. I guess in some sort of way, yeah, okay. You are trying, and just like we said when we spoke about you last time, we will believe it when we see it. And at the end of the day, we'll hold you to this Ubisoft to the end of bloody time now. The same goes to any other company. I'll say it also throw back to you, Twitch, as well. You're on notice. You are on notice. So you may throw out some of the most popular game, popular games out there, but at the same time, you you need to sort out your situation with your the your employees and everything. I hope you do. At the end of the day, I'll say this right now. I am rooting for you, Ubisoft, to fix this. Apart from the CEO, I want him out. He he needs to go. <laughs> he should have gone. I'm sorry. I'll say that right now. That bugger should have gone. But um. I am rooting because I love your games. You've done some amazing games. I love the Assassin's Creed franchise. I'm a huge lover of Siege. 
just do better. Please, for God's sakes, just do better and don't bloody just go up by go up by two flipping percent. How about go up to freaking fifty percent, you bonehead idiots? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all I I'm. Say. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the day we read a new story a few months from now where we're talking about how the the new head of diversity and inclusion at Ubisoft is a straight white man. <laughs> I can see it coming. I can really see it happening. I just, and that's where I'm at. <laughs> Ubisoft. Has the a thing lot of is, the, the thing is, going off what you just said there, if the person has proven in other companies that they have done that type of thing before, then the person deserves the better of the doubt. But I understand at the same time where you're coming from. You want to show, you want to see diversity and inclusion. You hire a white dude. I know. I completely see where you come from. And I understand it. I agree with you there on that. The problem with that is, like, the person, like, if it was a straight white man, and I know we're going down a rabbit hole of a, of a, like, the guy's got a target on those bucks straight away. Like, the problem is, he could, he could legitimately be the best person that they interviewed for the job. Um, but this is a company that also hired Yves Gilmore's son out of university to run development on Elite Squad, which turned out to be, you know, a bit controversial. Um, just a little bit. Just a little bit. So, just like, there's no way I, I could. There's no way anyone with uh, two brain cells rubbed together could give Ubisoft the benefit of the doubt if they did do that. Yeah, I agree. Because of past hiring we would practice. Have to basically, like, if we hear it, when because we are, I agree, we're going to hear soon. Whenever it's going to happen, we will hear whoever this new person is. And basically, when when we hear that person's name, if it is a white dude, we're going to have to look into the history of this man and say, okay, what has he done here? You're still a white dude. We can't do anything about that. No, I'm a white dude. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> there's a lot you can do, Moody, and there's a lot you do do. Um, <laughs> do do. Um, should we move on? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a perfect ending to the Ubisoft story there. <laughs> do do. Perfect ending to the Ubisoft story. So this isn't a new story. I actually just want to pick up um, on a discussion we had last week. Um, which was like, it was a new story that broke the day we recorded the podcast um, about Cyberpunk 2077's crunch. And in the week that has yeah. followed, everyone on the internet has had a totally normal one about the subject. Um, and there's nothing to really fuck. No, I'm just joking. Everybody went fucking mental for a week. Um, like, I was I was going to pick up on some, on some points about Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red. And... and and then I realized everything I really wanted to talk about was just talking about what other people were talking about in terms of how people have been kind of communicating with each other. Uh, influencers and journalists, fans and YouTubers, YouTubers with everybody else. It's been a bit of a shit show. Um, which, you know, I mean, it's not surprising. Everything that happens that is even mildly controversial turns into a bit of a shit show. Um, it's one of those things. Like right now, CD Projekt Red. Like uh, going off what you've written, here, I can basically tell what you said, and obviously what we what we, what we, we talked about last up, week. Yeah. Talked about last week as well. CD Projekt Red are right now that quote unquote when they shouldn't be, and for me and you and for many people, no company is this is quote unquote untouchable right now. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, uh, Witcher 3 is one of the best games that came out last generation. I can't deny that. It was fantastic. 
and I am seriously looking forward to CD Projekt Red, even though I am slightly daunted by it because of the sheer size of this bloody game. Even if they say it's a tiny bit smaller than Witcher 3. They have betrayed what they said they were going to do. They said they weren't going to crunch. Even though, at the end of the day, you do crunch in certain elements at work. But they've crunched really hard for the last few few months. Since the beginning of the year, it sounds like, if I remember what the, yes. what the story said. Because um, in the original release date was April. Yeah. And the guy said, we will not do this. And they both first lied about it. Womp womp. <laughs> and everything like that. Yeah. People defending these, this company... You're wrong to do. You're allowed to criticize this company, like me and Amy said last week on I think on two stories. You are allowed to criticize this company, any company, yeah. and still buy the games. That's no problem whatsoever. You, you, it doesn't hurt you, and it, no offense, doesn't hurt them. It actually will hopefully help. Them It'll probably to, help them because everybody's talking yeah. about them. Yeah, but trying to defend them is the wrong antidote here, and it's yeah. yo again. I love CD Projekt Red. But they've done. They've done goofed. Not that's a really poor choice. One they've fudged up, and they know they have. Okay, and they deserve to be called out. You're allowed to buy the game, but you also you are. should criticize them. You are 100 percent allowed to buy any game you want. However, crunch is bad. Like it just is. Okay, like it's not. This isn't something that like that point isn't something we should be arguing arguing about. Crunch, crunch is bad. Like, I don't know how many people out there have, have done crunch-like conditions. I know both myself and Moody have both been there. Um, not in a, not in vid, not in terms of, like, making a video game, but in terms of other industries. So I think we can both speak to the effects that that kind of working environment can have on people. Um, and it's not good. Like, ever. Like, for multiple different reasons. Like, whether you're getting paid for it or not like is irrelevant to the to the conversation but the main the main points i wanted to bring up you brought up the one about cd project red being the good company like i mean apart from the fact that they're they're doing the mandatory crunch thing that they're not doing which means they're not the good company but there's a lot more nuance nuanced of this to, to any discussion about or to most discussions about video games than something being good or bad cd project red makes good games and sometimes they make good decisions this is not a good decision like, that doesn't move the needle from one side to the other side. That would be ridiculous. Like, these things do have nuance. But, what infuriated me most, and people pointed this out on Twitter, and I heard it on a podcast that I was ta- that I was listening to, and I actually, yes, like, it put into words something that I didn't put into words last week, but I was, it's been on my mind. Yeah. Like, if last week we had been talking about EA or Ubisoft, or Activision Blizzard, or Bethesda, or any other company that has fallen out of favour with the, the, the wider gaming public, this wouldn't have even been an argument. <laughs> People would have been like, go get them! And we would have been like, yeah, we're getting them. But it's CD Projekt Red, so so we, we say the exact same things we would have said if this had been EA, Activision, Ubisoft, anyone like anyone like that. And, and the response is, well, hang on a minute, this is different, because they make they make good games. Like this is this is different. It's like it's not different. Like crunch is crunch. Rockstar, arguably the best developer out there. I'll still stand to this day. Red Dead Redemption Two is a technical masterpiece. What they did to their employees to make them crunch that much the is disgusting. Still, 
harmed their employees to make that game. There's no, there's no sugar. I'm, I'm fucking done sugarcoating it, Moody. They yeah, hurt yeah. their employees to make that game, just like CD Projekt Red are hurting their employees to make Cyberpunk 2077 because they need to yeah. get the next gen bucks. They can't delay it again, and that's the situation. <laughs> and I'm done talking pretty about it. Like someone on on a podcast I was listening, the same podcast I was talking about. Like, okay, t- this might have been inspired by an eye-opening podcast. <laughs> I was listening to uh, yesterday, but um, like someone on the podcast was talking about that they'd skipped Red Dead Redemption Two and were playing it at a later time, and they were looking around and they did exactly what you said. That this looks technically this is amazing and this looks amazing in the detail, but every time they saw something that like they that they marvelled at, there was that voice in the back of the head that said, "But at what cost?" Like <laughs> this looks incredible, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. And like. I've spoken about it in terms of like other games where I've <laughs> been uncomfortable playing them because of of, of knowing about about crunch, mm-hmm. and and intelligently I know that this probably happens with literally every single AAA game. Um, but like I'll be I'll be walking around Night City in Cyberpunk, and I'll be like this this looks amazing or this thing's amazing, and like I'll have that same thought, but but at what cost? Um. And I've had that thought before. I've just never been able to verbalize it until I heard someone say it on a podcast like that. And I was like, that's that's what I've tried so hard to put into words multiple times. And it's facts. It's absolutely spot on and true. Um, they're loud. Like, I don't know why. It just like seems like people just feel like, oh, you can't criticize this company. They, their games were amazing. I'm just thinking, you can criticize whatever the hell you want. You can do it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. My goodness. If you criticize me and Amy tonight, just because you didn't like a certain topic reader, we will listen to you and we'll take your feedback in. But if you come at us saying, you can be doing these because it does crunch, crunch is nothing, we're going to literally tell you to fudge off. Yeah, more Stay or less. <laughs> like, I don't even think I would grace you with the effort of telling you to fuck off before I blocked you. Like, yeah, there was one so. interaction on Twitter between two people specifically, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to like drag anyone. <laughs> but there was one interaction where it was like, okay, no one really came off well there. But if the person, ca- if someone came at me, if someone I didn't know came at me like that, I would have blocked them too. Like, <laughs> because yeah, I don't I need I, that I, shit. I think, I think I know who you, the two you mean in there. Because I don't need that shit. And I follow both of these people and I respect both of their work. But at the same time, yeah. it was like, they, they, whoa, hang on. Often looked in. No one, like I said, no one came out of that situation looking particularly good. But like, if someone had thrown about those words towards me, I would have been like, "Yo, blocked. Sorry, I'm not dealing with that." Like, and and that was that was the situation kind of catalyzed in my mind that there was more to talk about on this. Not necessarily that specific drama, but the things that was spawned around it, or the things that were being talked about. Oh, yeah. Like I say, you're allowed to criticize, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about it. It's not the worst thing in the world. We do it all the time. We do it. This is what this podcast is for. This is why we started an entirely second one to talk about video games. Because we like most of the video games we play. (laughs) We do this because we love video games. Yeah. We do this because we love video games. We're calling the bullshit out because we love video games. And we want those companies to be better. Yeah. We know CD Projekt Red's going to be amazing. We know it's going to get 
10 out of 10s, masterpieces, the whole shebang at the end. It's already been written. Know this. Like, it's going to be we Game of the Year. And, oh, like some, uh, like some places. And it's going to be fighting between the last It's going to be nominated for Game of the Year, and it's going to yeah. be... Yeah, it's like, sorry, been written. And if it wins those awards, ladies and gentlemen, the game legitimately does deserve the awards because it's an amazing game. But at the same time, City Project did bad. And just remember the that. Just remember the people. It isn't one. It isn't one random CEO to score with a magic wand. And now we have a game. <laughs> Hala Kazam. Yeah, Something and like also that, yeah. it's like, and also on our last point, and then we'll move on because we got some PlayStation stuff to talk about. Like, it's not like Jason pulled all of this out of his ass when he wrote the original Bloomberg article. He talked to two people who work at CD Projekt Red. Who talked to him about this specifically? And I, the I think it was Adam Ionowski, I want to say the 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 person who posted the response on Twitter, who said our employees are happy to crunch. And it's like, yeah, when they're talking to you, they're saying they're happy to crunch. But when they when they're given anonymity to talk to, and talking to, to Jason Schreier, like they're telling a very different story. But the thing is, the the, the the management power of or the management the the higher power of frightening the of, for the employees knowing that yeah. oh, you want me to say this, but deep down I want to tell you to fudge like, right off. Yeah, <laughs> like when when I was in in the job I was in where where we were working like eighty ninety hour weeks, I was I never told my boss that this was bullshit because it wasn't worth the hassle. And, you know, if anybody says, well, you should have found a new job. I mean, I did. I don't work there anymore. But, <laughs> like... The saying is... What, what's that saying? If I tell you how, how... If I tell you to jump? Yeah, exactly. Like... Yeah, you wants you to reply... I don't... You don't, that. like... Yeah, I don't need the shit. And, and anyone who's worked for a boss like that will know exactly the same. And crunch is just poor management. Like, if you have to crunch, that's poor time management, which is poor management. That's hospitality Deal with in it. general. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, just uh, yeah. We, there's uh, many many people unemployed. You can hire them. They'll want to work. Trust me. Yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Uh... Sony. Sony expects PS5 to sell more units in its first fiscal year than PS4 did. This is from Sharif Said over at VG247, who writes, Sony Interactive Entertainment boss Jim Ryan is very positive about the PS5's chances during the console's first fiscal year. Speaking to Korean Outlook and Sports, Ryan said that Sony expects PS5 to sell more in its first fiscal year than PS4 did, which is already a big target to hit. The PS4 sold 7 million units by the end of the fiscal year it launched into. Sony, however, is reportedly working on producing around 15 million units during the same window, so the platform holder is expecting high demand to warrant that investment. The current fiscal year ends in March 2021. So they're expecting to send, within four months, over 7 million units. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, if they want to do that, if they want to hit those numbers, they should probably stop the, the thing selling out on pre-orders in 10 seconds. <laughs> Might be a start. Um, All I'm going to say is, um, the one of the, the UK tech companies, 
uh, Curry's, I think it was, had a queue going of 40,000 people. And and very few of those actually got pre-order PS5. So when you're talking about selling 15 million and, and you can't even satisfy 40,000 people? I mean, I know it's only one retailer yeah, and it's in only one, one country, country in the UK, but, yeah, but still, I mean, those numbers are very far apart. He's very boyish, boldish, isn't he, should I say, Jim Ryan? It's because, very bold. It's because arrogant PlayStation is back. I think we talked about this a while ago. Yeah. Um. Um. Okay, if this happens, it happens. It's fantastic. Congratulations to them. 100%. Good afternoon. But um, I do I not expect if they do. I'm oh, sorry. Go on. No, no, you're absolutely fine. Um, I uh, I do not expect them to go much beyond seven. Never mind fifteen. I don't think they're going to hit fifteen million. Fifteen million soon. It's sold in in four months. Not going to happen. I think they could hit seven million. I don't deny that. Sadly, maybe. Even, it all really depends on what the income well, is. Well, you got to remember is, apart from the... Even if you set aside the recession, because Jim Ryan believes the industry is recession-proof. So even if you set aside the impression that the price of the console has gone up, but the average minimum wage hasn't gone up for, more, mm. for a lot of people. So the console yeah. is more expensive than the last one. Yeah, that is true. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say with this one. I really don't, because like we know what's happening in this world. It is crazy, but at the same time, the facts what Ryan has said are kind of proof that, that right now, in in the last recession, the gaming industry was kind of quote unquote recession proof because the numbers went bloody up. Just like this year, while while we, while people were all on furlough and I think the numbers went with the with consoles selling and games selling were going up, which was crazy to Ooh, think that was happening up. and everything. And sorry, not you. The no, 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 I know. No, no, it's fine. And so, like, if I don't want to hear, I, I, I hate to hear the things like because you've said it multiple times. You shouldn't be uh, the CEO shouldn't really be saying that. So the industry is recession proof. So we're going to take all of your money <laughs> type of thing. Even though when you don't have that money, but they're going to be. But ah, uh, I'm fluffing with my words right now, and I'm just like. Jim Ryan, I still don't. I'm still not the biggest fan of you, mate. <laughs> you you kind of creeped me out. <laughs> you try to look cool with your unbuttoned shirt with no tie on, and you just don't pull it off whatsoever, mate. I think you should actually have the tie on. You might actually look a little bit more presentable. But um, even then, you'd still fudge it up somehow. But uh, if it happens, congratulations to PlayStation. I will be very surprised if Microsoft doesn't get close to that number either. Um, congrats! Oh, I've bloody faith. Both of them have sold out. We know this. Every time a thing unlocks, to say we've got new controls for you, boom, 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 all gone out within bloody ten seconds. So, yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. This oh, thing, yeah. both of them are gonna sell like like hotcakes. We know they are, so it's fine. Uh, just hearing the things of the recession proof. Recession proof. <laughs> you didn't launch a console during the last recession. <clears throat> I'm just uh, saying. I'm just saying. I'm trying to find out how much the Switch sold because it was the fastest selling console of all time. I remember that much. It's over 50 million units now, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm. I mean, it's over 50 mil now. I'm just trying to find like the first first few months. The problem is it launched right at the end of the fiscal year. 
It's it sold 2.74 million units in the first fiscal year, but that was like three and a half weeks. It launched at the beginning of March, the fiscal year, and at the end of March. Um, oh, so you're asking the how... I'm trying to figure out how, how fast it sold in, in a similar sort of time frame. Um, well, if you got to think, in three weeks they sold... It what, sold, it sold 10 million. million. It sold 10 million between March and December. So you got to think... So if you're looking at 15 million between... This between November and March, I mean, you're you're eclipsing the fastest selling console of all time by five million units in half the amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's it's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's just it's you know, like I was I, I was on the fence about saying, well, maybe they could, maybe they could, and now I've seen that hard <laughs> number. It's like no, no, no. Sadly, the thing is, with multiple of times we have been proven that sadly it might happen. And it has sadly been one of those. There's been many occasions that we've been saying, "No, that's not going to happen." People aren't that crazy. Oh crap, they're crazy. It's not they? about crazy or not crazy. <laughs> it's just about how many people can afford to spend four hundred and fifty pounds on a brand new console, and and how many people have the will to buy a console with with no exclusives, like because oh, it's it's it's, it's not going to have any of its first party exclusives up and running until probably late 2021 which isn't me trying to knock the console in any way it's just fact right like there's no mm-hmm. compelling reason to buy a, a PS5 unless you want a PS5 mm-hmm. so I bought one cuz cuz I want one cuz I know at some point in the future it's going to come in very useful and I can play book snacks on it 2020 game of the year but at the same time <laughs> The numbers are showing that they're at least going to sell pretty well. So it's we going to sell that. well. I've got. No, I'm not trying to sit here and say that Sony's shit and everything. Shit, you know, I'm probably about to be painted as a Nintendo You're fan girl. <laughs> I've got the red lipstick on. I've got the red top on. I've got the Switch Pro controller behind me. I'm saying it's Devigan if I sell as fast as Switch did. Like, you know what? Cool, I accept that. But at the same time, PlayStation Five is going to sell extremely well. It's not going to sell 50 million units in four months. But you brought up the Switch thing. They didn't say anything about the Switch, so. I I was just I literally remembered that that was the fastest selling console of all time, and I wanted to see what PlayStation Five would have to do to to be faster than the Switch. That was literally the only reason I brought up the Switch because yeah. I knew that was the fastest selling one. Hmm. Well, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Going to be um, fascinating. Speaking of fascinating movie, and I found this whole thing really fascinating. PlayStation, we're going to stick with them. After 26 years, PS5 will make Cross its default select button in Japan. This is from Andy Robinson over at VGC, who writes, PlayStation 5 is set to break with nearly 26 years of tradition in Japan and make the Cross the default select button. Since the original PlayStation, Japan has used the circle button for accept and cross for cancel. As culturally, Cross is viewed as the symbol for incorrect, while a circle is used to indicate a correct answer. It's the opposite of the Western PlayStation setup, which has always used cross for accept and circle for cancel, much to Japanese players' confusion whenever Western titles are brought to the region without remapping the controls. As noted by Fomitsu, because the PS4 system menu uses the global control settings, Japanese players often have to switch between using cross for accept or cancel when moving from a game to the console's menus, though it's now possible to remap the accept button. However, in a hands-on PS5 preview published this weekend, the publication confirms that Cross will be made the default accept button on the next-gen console, as it is with the West. 
A PlayStation spokesperson reportedly said its, its intention was to globally unify the console's control setups, including for the Asia region, in order to avoid any confusion in the future. In an interview with OneUp in 2010, archived, Sony designer Teo Goto explained how he designed PlayStation's iconic shape buttons. Quote, Other game companies at the time assigned alphabet letters or colours to the buttons. We wanted something simple to remember, which is why we went with icons or symbols. And I came up with the triangle-circle-cross-square combination immediately afterwards. I gave each symbol a meaning and a colour. The triangle refers to viewpoint. I had it represent one's head or direction and made it green. Square refers to a piece of paper. I had to represent menus or documents and made it pink. The circle and cross represent yes or no, decision making, and I made them red and blue respectively. People thought those colours were mixed up and I had to reinforce to management that that's what I wanted. So it was an interesting news story that I wasn't going to include in, in the rundown because I don't think well, there's much to talk about in terms of... It's interesting, but I've, I saw the last part of the paragraph where they explained like where the the the, share, the symbols came from and i was like oh that's cool i'll put that in because that's i think stuff like that's really cool it's like how did they come up with the colors and the shapes and what they are and it's gonna be weird though like for for japanese players like 26 years of using buttons in a certain direction and then it's like nope we're changing it uh, but, for the most part, they'll probably just change it all back. So. I mean, they'll just remap the buttons, right? Like, yeah, but, <laughs> that's yeah, what I would do. Yeah. That's what I did. I'm going to talk about it on uh, next week's um, review show about a game where I just remap the buttons. Um, like, that's what they'll do. But I don't know. I think it's. I thought it was weird because you remember, like, games like Final Fantasy would come over on the original PlayStation days. Yeah, and the cross and and, and circle buttons would be swapped. So I'd constantly be cancelling. I'd be cancel constantly cancelling when I was trying to select because, like, in a GRP. And then eventually my brain just got used to it. <laughs> and then I'd go yeah. back and I'd play, like, Medal of Honor or something, and I'd be like, fuck, it's the other way around. <laughs> I never really thought of it. I'm not going to lie. So it's... Uh, this is neat in uh, in a, from a certain way. I don't deny what you're saying there. Like, what he says about the colours... And then yeah. why he picks those certain shapes. I think that's really fascinating. That's what that like, about. I like the, the square one represents a piece of paper when it's like menus and stuff. It's like, that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, and I like that for the time, for like 26 years, they've respected the culture of Japan that this is why they, the circle is the yes button, kind of, and the cross is the no button, basically. Yeah, probably uh, explains the different layouts between the Xbox controller and the Nintendo controller now that I think about it. Because A and B are, are, are swapped. Yeah. Um, and that's because that A is where Circle will be on a PlayStation controller. And that's your confirm button. So it's in the same place. And then B is where the cross would be, which would be a cancel button, which is also in the same place on the PlayStation controller. And then X and Y are also swapped, and that's why I have a hard time playing Switch games. No. <laughs> because it's all wrong. Because it's all wrong, Moody. It's all wrong. <laughs> it's all over the place. It really is. Yeah, it's... It's a it's a neat little thing. Uh, like I say, for me, I think most of the people in Asia are poised to switch it, remap and everything. But yeah, that, there'll be an option, I'm assuming. Like, if PlayStation are going all in on accessibility, there'll be options to remap buttons. Definitely, yeah. So. Fun fact, before we move on, the color, the colors of the buttons in the logo of the controller, the new words about games logo, are based on the SNES controller. They were originally based on the Xbox controller, but I, I wanted to avoid 
<laughs> Using no, what you should have done is create a PlayStation controller and put the Xbox, Xbox the, the, and everybody, you've got it wrong. No, you've you get got the, it wrong. You draw the layout, draw the outline of a of a Switch Pro controller, right? Yeah. The outline of a Switch Pro controller with the colors of the symbols on the PlayStation controller. No, no, with the colors of the Xbox controller, but the stick layout of a PlayStation controller. And then no one knows where I'm coming from. (laughs) That doesn't look right. There's something a little bit off about this controller. Yeah. No, I just I didn't want to use a modern con- I had them originally as the as the uh, the Xbox buttons, even though mine aren't colored. And then I was like, I don't want to use a modern controller because I know someone at some point will be like, look, look. cry and mode. You're a and PlayStation cry- podcast in disguise. Cry foul. Cry foul. Yeah. yeah, we haven't just whined and complained about about PlayStation about their aims and everything like that. Yeah, whatever. It's going to sell well. Yeah, we know that. 15 million units, apparently. Apparently, apparently it's going to it's going to completely obliterate the the fastest selling console of all time. Um, <laughs> I'll laugh if they did. <laughs> if, it, hey, if it does, fair play to them. Because that, <laughs> fuck me, that would be some achievement. Um, oh, what have Xbox got time. Let's go green. Yeah, let's do Xbox like, time. I've got. I've got green in the back. Let's do Xbox time. I think that'll... Uh... Hold on, I'm just going to quickly just... Uh, and then green. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, like... I need tearaway claws. So I need the red, the blue, and the green. Oh, no. It's still it's it's still a PlayStation story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I forgot to put the other T-shirts on. Amy, you're getting us banned. Podcast has been banned. <laughs> but how did iTunes know? It's not a video on iTunes. Anyway... <laughs> Aaron Greenberg says, does the price of a game even matter if it's in Game Pass? I mean, I could answer that right now, but let's see what he says. This is from Rebecca Valentine over at GamesIndustry.biz, who writes, a handful of publishers are easing into software price increases with the coming new generation of consoles, including Sony. But what about Xbox? In an appearance on the Real Deal podcast, Xbox Games marketing GM was asked if Microsoft would adopt the $10 price increase that publishers including Take-Two, Sony, and Activision have recently reduced for a small handful of next-gen titles. Greenberg didn't outright confirm or deny whether Xbox first-party games would eventually cost $70, but rather suggested that Xbox's model meant that a price increase for individual games wouldn't impact users in its ecosystem all that much due to features such as Game Pass and Smart Delivery. Quote, Gaming pricing is a super complex thing to answer, because in the old days, every game launched at one price and that was it. But we launched Ori and the Will of the Wisps at $30, and Gears Tactics, a new title launching this holiday, and it's launching at $60. State of Decay 2 launched at $40. So there's not a simple answer to that, except to say that Tactics were launching at $60. I think what you've seen across the industry, with a couple of notable exceptions, is that most people, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is at $60, Cyberpunk 2077, Dirt 5, I'm not seeing it. There are some exceptions of titles where we've seen, particularly for sports games, where they're coming out in advance of the next generation and they don't have smart delivery, they're including the Gen 9 version and charging you more. It's a different approach, and they have a right to do whatever they want to do with their pricing, but for us we've really taken a fan-centric approach, first with smart delivery, and most importantly, you get all our games at launch with Game Pass. So does the price of a game even matter if it's included in your Game Pass subscription? That's what Aaron Greenberg has to say on the subject. What does Mr. Dafford Mooney have to say on the subject? 
No, it doesn't matter if it's in Game Pass. It doesn't matter at all, and we know this. Um, at the same time... It doesn't uh, matter to us. Yeah, it doesn't matter to us at all. Uh, at the same time, the prices are probably going to go up. We know this. I'll, I'll be, well, no, we don't know this. I rephrase that. Uh, I'll take that back. Um, I'll be very surprised if they don't. But at the same time, they, they aren't going to be pushing the prices. They're going to be pushing Game Pass, like we already know. They're oh, just, yeah. They're just... So, like, you, you, you're, you're going to get a chance to possibly, if you want to buy Halo Infinite, you can buy Halo Infinite. But it's going to throw you back to maybe 60 to $60. Well, Halo Infinite's even weirder when you think about it, because the multiplayer is going to be free. Well, even, I'm just literally playing Spitball a game there, okay? Well, <laughs> you know Spitball I mean. Hellblade instead. Hellblade, <laughs> I think it'll be cheaper. <laughs> oh, fine, Spitball Forza or Fable. Uh, okay, there. there, there I, got you, I, got you, I got you. I got you, I got you back. You got there eventually. Okay, uh, sixty, seventy dollars probably. We know this, but like I said, like I've already said, they're not gonna. They're not gonna talk about the pricing. They're gonna be saying, "Game Pass, Game Pass." You see this thing? It's called. It's got a game on it. It has a pass underneath it. We're giving you a pass to go and play all these games. Play um type of thing. So I mean, it, yeah, no, it is true. Like, that is true. Like, to me and you, the price of an Xbox first-party title isn't necessarily... doesn't necessarily bother us, right? Like, the ga- all of the games that he mentioned... Or I should say both, because I don't think he mentioned that many. And one's not out yet. Ori and the Will of the Wisp, State of Decay 2. I played those in Game Pass, right? Like, mm-hmm. I paid however much Game Pass cost me at that, t- at that moment in time. But not every game comes out in Game Pass. And that's where it does matter how much those games cost. Not necessarily to us who are buy- who aren't buying them anyway, but for all the other games that come out on the platform. Like, do you think Sony would, sh- would continue to charge $70 per game if Microsoft did never charge $70 per game? I yes. mean, it-, it is arrogant Sony. Like, that was a bad example. But you get where I'm coming from. Like, yeah. No offense, Once one or two start doing it, everyone starts doing it. But if if a if a platform holder said, "No, we're not going to raise our prices on our games," all of a sudden, then you're going to have to put your games on that on a platform where it's more expensive. Like your games going to be more expensive than than other games, and you know people generally tend to buy the cheaper things if they can. Uh, when it comes to like the triple gear games like Assassin's Creed, yeah, and much, oh, obviously, and everything like that, yeah. they're going to be the same price on all, all consoles. Yeah. We know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's only when you get into the Call of Duty's where things <clears throat> you start needing spreadsheets to figure out how much money you're going to have to pay for for the game. <laughs> 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 like I expect State of the K three probably going to be the same price of forty dollars. Maybe or it might go up to fifty. Um, the next, if we get a uh, Ori. Three or whatever, then or whatever the Moon Studios is it? Am um, I wrong? They're doing something, but I don't think it's Ori. No, I don't think it's Ori, but I'm thinking, is it the Studio Moon Studios? Yes, Moon Studios. Yes, yeah. Moon Studios. Um, whatever they're doing next is probably going to be a thirty or forty dollar game. But really? at the same time, like I say, it's all going to be in, it's all going to be in Game Pass. Play Xbox. Don't give a flying who. And this is like this is just one saying they don't give a flying hoot if Assassin's Creed is sixty or seventy dollars. That's not their problem. That's yeah, no. Ubisoft's problem. No, no, Cyberpunk, no. They don't yes. give a flying hoot. I agree. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, but them not giving a shit and setting all of their games at seventy dollars gives like gives other publishers the, the to to look and go well that's fine then we'll do ours at seventy dollars because they have done theirs at seventy. That's why I'm saying it matters. And I know Microsoft don't 
don't care if Cyberpunk or Assassin's Creed is is seventy dollars. And like like okay, so the price of the game has gone up to seventy dollars in America. It's gone up to seventy pounds in the UK, or it will do in the next generation. And I've talked about how bullshit that is. But I honestly like outside of the digital ecosystem, don't think that that's gonna hold. Like I don't think we'll be buying Horizon Forbidden West for seventy pounds on Amazon in the UK. I don't think it'll be that price. Well, you think it's going to be higher? No, I think it'll be lower. I think Amazon will sell them for 60 quid. Assuming it's a $70 game. like Because they want to sell the game. <laughs> it's that simple. On on the PS5 store, it'll certainly be £70, pounds, because that's the price they've set it at. Amazon won't sell it for that much. Um, and I was reading, there's, I was reading a... Um, a survey put out, I think by Games Industry Biz did a survey, and it's like a, the the disc version of the PS5 was massively more popular than the uh, than the, the the digital version, and it's probably for reasons like that. Like people can say people can proclaim the death the of physical to... media all they want, but at the end of the day, like it's generally cheaper to buy new games physically than it is to buy them digitally in this country. Not I agree. I agree. Right now, the disc version was always going to be. I always thought the disc version was going to be the more popular one. Yeah. Because it's simple. Like I say, you can get one of the games. You've played it. You completed it. You're not probably not going to play it again. You can trade it in and get a new game. Yeah, and you can trade it in and get a new game. Yeah, and then someone else can buy that... a second-hand version cheaper. Blah blah blah. blah yeah. And then, yeah, every merry go round. Yeah, that, that type of thing's not going to go away anytime soon. Oh, one hundred percent. Digital media is getting stronger, and we know this. In, all, all, aspect, in the, all aspects of media, but at the same time... The pandemic not, helped it, as well. Because <laughs> people no, couldn't buy physical it. games for a while. No, no doubt about it. Um, it's just... Yeah, like, for me, it's... There's a very it, American-centric, like, slant on the conversation of games pricing and digital versus physical that always gets my back up. Because it's not... Like, if, if you apply the arguments from, from those... From from like if it, if you applied the argument oh, from somebody who lives in America to 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 Britain, to the United Kingdom, or even in Europe, it's like none of what they say is true. <laughs> like game prices haven't haven't risen in X years. I mean they have, <laughs> they have here. <laughs> digital? Why doesn't everyone just buy digital? It's the same price. I mean it it's not. <laughs> like you know what I mean? You just sit here as someone who lives in a different country, just going none of what you're saying is true. <laughs> not for us. <laughs> And I always find that funny. But as, it they, as we've already realized, Amy, no one cares about us. No one cares. I mean, why would they? Have you seen this country? Brexit, people. <laughs> Have you seen the state of this country? It's a fucking shit show. I don't care about it. <laughs> uh, we've got some announcements, movie, and I'm just gonna dive right into them. Okay. Uh, first up, we've got we've got a bunch of release dates. Ghost of Tsushima is getting a new co-op and uh, getting co-op and new game plus on October sixteenth. Future twenty twenty game of the year Bug Snacks launches on PC, PS five, and PS four on November twelfth. PC, yeah. That might be oh, November nineteenth over here because it's a launch title for PS five. I felt really dirty doing that. <laughs> it's. I love the fact you when you text me and you were like, "I can't install Wasteland 3, I don't know why, and I just went. Welcome to PC gaming. <laughs> it's on now, though. I just haven't played it yet. Yeah, it's like, 
That's what PC gaming is. <laughs> Technical problems, and you, that would never happen on a console. <laughs> like, why won't you install? It's done! <laughs> Don't do this to me! <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> I've only had you two weeks. Don't God die damn it. me now! <laughs> I could have installed this on my Xbox! <laughs> I've barely been on my Xbox. I've used it for Netflix. I've got a Roku then to do that, the little thing on the Was top. it you I was talking to about this? Where I was like, I use Netflix on my Xbox instead of my PlayStation because I don't have to turn off HTCP. I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, someone asked, it was like, why do you use your Xbox? Because Xbox just is easier if you're a streamer. Like, I have to keep manually turning on and off HTCP if I ever want to watch a video on my PS4 and it's like, I ain't got time for that. I want to get straight into Netflix. I've got, mm-hmm. I've got new episodes of The Haunting of Blair. Anyway. Blair Witch Oculus Quest Edition revealed and launches on October 29th. I got an email for this and it no, said... Go on. Sorry. sorry go on, go going back to the Butchnest thing. Butchnest is... Like I say, if you want to, you can play it on the PlayStation 4 on November 12th or the PC on November 12th. Yeah, but... You don't have to like, wait until a week later. The on super the secret horror game. Like, I'm, uh, that is Bug Snacks, which I'm convinced by. I'm still convinced by. Um... I don't know. We'll see. I'll play it wherever they give me a code for it. If they give me a code for it, because I'm, I'm going to try and get a code for it. All right. Um, yeah. Blair Witch Oculus Quest Edition. I got an email for this. and I was sat on the toilet. And I thought, I'll check my emails. Check my emails. And then I was like, oh, I've got an email. I thought you said something else there. And it said, uh, <laughs> and it said, explore the terrifying, for- uh, the terrifying whatever the forest is called in Blair Witch Virtual Reality for Oculus Quest. And I just went, nope. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope. I don't have I don't have the the moral strength, the fortitude, the, I don't have the heart to take that. Like Blair Witch scared the shit out of me when I came out and like I just pictured myself in virtual reality in the house. You know, when you walk up the stairs with the handprints and stuff, and I just yeah. that nah. <laughs> nah, because I know that's in the game because I've played the the non VR version of the game. Nope. <laughs> Like, not today. I mean, it's a great, great idea, and I'm sure it's a fine, gonna be a fine VR horror game. Nah. I can't do it. I just can't. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered has been revealed, coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on a date that I haven't written down. Good job, Amy. You've done really well there. I believe it's coming out in November. (laughs) I didn't even hear, I didn't even realise this was announced. Yeah. Uh, Steve and Alex from the grid. I've been very Sorry? off the grid when it comes to news this week. Like I didn't realize any of the news until you showed me the show notes. I was like, oh, oh shit! shit. <laughs> the industry went crazy again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then I quickly then I read the article, the main article for uh, the for the main story, and I was like, God damn it, Twitch! <laughs> I was just at the end of it. I was like, God damn it. Yeah, it's like you get to the end of that and you're like exhausted, right? Yeah. You've read it more than once. That's the thing. You, you, you've read it, and then you've just reread it. Speak it, read it to us. Half of the article, or well, not even half of it, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Steve and Alex from Minecraft are coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on October fourteenth. Airborne Kingdom launches on PC on December seventeenth, and the Red Lantern launches on PC and Nintendo Switch on October twenty second. The Red Lantern looks cool. It's the game where you're. Um, Exploring, I think, the Antarctic, and you're on the sled being pulled by the dogs. Oh, cool. It looks really cool. 
You can pet the dogs and play with them. You can. I was reading about it. You can turn. You can turn it. You can toggle an option, a menu in the uh, a menu. You can toggle an option in the menu so that the dogs don't die. <laughs> and I was like, I will be turning that on because I do not want to go through that. <laughs> uh, there's a delay. <gasps> World of Warcraft Shadowlands has been delayed again to later this year. They want to get the hell out of 2020 and they're saying, yeah, we've already been bashed by one game this year for 2020, actually, so we're going to get out of the way. <laughs> There's actually two delays because I just remembered <gasps> one I read just before we started. Uh, because, and I'm just writing it down for some reason, uh, Outriders is coming out in February 2nd. Two? Yeah, February 2nd. <laughs> um, I, were, I was waiting for you to say 021. 2021, no. It's coming out, it's coming out February 2nd. It was due at uh, the end of this year. I think, considering there's not a great deal of marketing push behind it, and given all of the games that are coming out in November, mm. it's probably a good idea for them to just quietly move to the beginning of next year, out of the way of Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed and uh, Yakuza and, you know, Bug Snacks. Everybody, every game should get the fuck out of the way of Bug Snacks. Bug Snacks, man, yeah. Bug Snacks is the big one. It will be. You know that episode of, of the review show is going to be called Talking About Bug Snacks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Irregardless of what other games we talk about that week, Bugs and Talking About Bug Snacks will be the title. I've if waited. I haven't played that, this is, that's the episode where I literally become Keith and I'm just going to be like this and at the camera. I'll kill you. One for doing that, but also two for, for not having played like what is obviously going to be a game of the air container. <laughs> I mean, we all know that's going to be Last of Us Part Two. Bollocks. Uh, what bollocks to you? <laughs> well, double dumbass on you. What other games? <laughs> We've got some free games. Everybody likes free games. Um, and they're actually Epic. free without actually buying to get the subscription to get the free games. Yeah. Free games on Epic, Abzu and Rising Storm 2 Vietnam. They're both both free until October 15th. Go and grab them if you've got an Epic Games account. Even if you never think you'll never play them, you might as well have them. Because you never know. It's what I do. I have Football Manager from a couple of weeks ago. Am I ever going to play Football Manager? I'm playing that right now. Nah, nah, I'm never going to play Football Manager. <laughs> but I have it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have Football Manager on three systems. I've got it on Game Pass because it's on Game Pass. I've got it on Steam because that's where I first I was bought like... it, and I got it on Epic for for free. So... I was like, "How can you have it on three systems? It's only available on PC." <laughs> or three systems. Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, you have literally yeah, got it on all the major PC storefronts. <laughs> three major PC places. <laughs> uh, all okay. on one system." <laughs> <laughs> I really lost what I said there. <laughs> October's PlayStation Now editions um, are going to be Days Gone, Medieval, Friday the 13th, Trine 4, and Rad. That wasn't my opinion. That's the name of the game. Because it's Rad. It's Rad. Uh, also, a non-video game announcement. The Steam game... Well, this actually is video game. But not specific video games, like... That's what I meant. 
Uh, the Steam Game Festival Autumn Edition is now on with hundreds of playable demos. It runs until Tuesday, October 30th. And I put that in here, right? And I was like, oh shit, is there any point in putting that on? It putting putting that in the notes because Tuesday because October like Tuesday will be the day after the podcast comes out and then it took me like three minutes to go no I mean the podcast comes out on Friday you idiot <laughs> oh bollocks <laughs> this new switch is really readjusted you the switch it? hasn't I'm still not fully 100% adjusted to the switch of, uh, of days oh, I've just filled out my entire schedule on my on my google calendar good shout got it all done because I forgot about what we recorded on Wednesday. It's still last week, so you did, yeah, you did, yeah. You were like, "Oh, podcasting tomorrow," like an hour before we would do a podcast, and I was like, "No, <laughs> we're doing it I in an hour." Thought, I legit thought we we said that we would record on Monday, and then it would release on Tuesday. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I kept it as Sunday because. Um, you know, I knew we were free because we'd been recording on Sunday for forever. Feels like that's true. Super Nintendo World is opening in spring 2021 at Universal Studios Japan. It looks really cool. Have you seen any pictures of it? A new Resident Evil reboot movie set in Raccoon City during the outbreak has been announced. This one promises to be faithful to the games. So, for anyone keeping score, that's one movie. And two TV shows. <laughs> it's like spaghetti. They're just throwing all of these Resident Evil things at the wall and seeing what actually sticks. Like, will any of these be good? I don't know. And I'm not particularly excited to find out. <laughs> when it comes to the Netflix TV shows, I am a little bit more optimistic because you know, the TV shows have been pretty much pretty darn I mean, banger for most of them. I know the, they've had some bad ones as well, but... Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. The Witch, like, just in terms of their video game stuff, I haven't watched a lot of it. The Witch has been obviously amazing. Um, and Castlevania Season 1, I haven't seen the other right. two seasons, were, were, was really good. But, like, I've heard, like, mixed things about, like, Nino Kuni and um, Dragon's Dogma. And, like, I don't know. The, the, Resident, the, the, the premise for the Resident Evil TV series just made me just go, okay. <laughs> They've got an interesting cast for the film. I but the, yeah, sure. One of these things, I mean, by the law of averages, one of these things should be good, right? <laughs> right? Right? That's what the law of averages is. Yeah, one time you get lucky. <laughs> three, one in three has got to be <laughs> got to be good odds. Um. So the the second season of The Witcher's production resumed, but Netflix seemingly or seemingly already greenlit a third season because they were talking about production for twenty twenty. Like they, they were talking about a second production run on top of the one that they're already doing for the t- season two. So it seems like there's gonna, definitely going to be a season three. Oh, that's a guarantee. I mean, it was probably a guarantee anyway, but you know, when Netflix says it, you kind of just go, okay. <laughs> they said Netflix, Netflix said it. They only cancelled one show that they renewed <laughs> this last week, you know, Glow. Oh. I can basically guarantee you Netflix have probably had see, The Witcher Season 3 has been greenlit for quite a while. Probably. Netflix. The Witcher Season 5 has probably been greenlit at this point. But I'm, I was just I was making a joke. I was making a joke at, at, at Glow's expense. Final season coming soon. No, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> that literally happened last week. My friend really likes Glow and he was really upset. 
because they just can't. They like it's like one thing to cancel something, <laughs> and everyone's like disappointed because you cancelled it. It's another thing to renew it, and then like months later, go actually no, we're going to cancel this instead. <laughs> like yeah, yeah oh silly. no, yeah, um, yeah. The main... give them the grit. Just let them finish. Yeah, I don't know what it's like. If you get it, if you've already said you're gonna do it, let them fucking do it. Um, the Minecraft film got delayed to an unknown date. It's not surprising. Every film ever in the history of (laughs) it's never had a bloody date. Every film in the history of of the world has been delayed at this point. (laughs) So, yeah, okay, sure. Like, of course it's been delayed. Everything's been delayed. That's true. That's what the main topic is tomorrow. Well, actually, the main topic is about cinemas and everything like that. But it's because... So, yeah, it's because cinema. James Bond. Fucking 2020, yeah. we're getting out of here. See, I, I fudged up, guys. See, I tried. And I, I had to see it. The Glorious yeah. Movie Show, everybody. Go listen to that. Available on podcast services all over the internet. Maybe Every Sunday. Every Sunday. We've got a content drop. Got a big content drop. Uh, the first thing that'll be, and it'll be the Games Industry Drop, is article about Twitch that we talked about earlier. We've got a Jim Sterling YouTube video. The CD stands for Crunching Developers, which. 45. Yeah, I wonder who that's about. <laughs> 45% of that is in here just for the title alone, because I, I, I it tickled me. <laughs> but Jim's video is also, is also really good. Um. You should go and check it out. There's also a big long article on Polygon linked right underneath it. The Cyberpunk 2077 Crunch Backlash if you prefer to read things instead of watch things. Um, It covers some of the same points. We've also got Blacktober as a hashtag full of black artistic excellence. This is over at Kotaku and it is literally just what it sounds like. It's, It's a bunch of black artists and their amazing artistry. And it's really good, and you should go and check it out, and maybe follow some new artists. Then also over at Kotaku, we can you can watch a man tear down a PlayStation Five. <laughs> Someone has their hands so on a PlayStation really Five, weird, but yeah, and somehow really canny. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, they just take take a PlayStation Five apart, and it's really cool. Like, I really enjoyed watching it. It was it was almost as enjoyable as watching Henry Cavill build a PC earlier this year. Almost. Almost. Let's see if that, that, that still tops 2020 this year. <laughs> that's still like going to be like, like content of the year. like <laughs> Which I've just thought of. We're definitely adding it to the Game Awards we do in January. Content of the year. And Henry Cavill building a PC is definitely in my top five. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, we've got an article from gamesindustry.biz. Hades makes endless struggle entertaining, which is just another article about why Hades is one of the best games that came out this year. <laughs> I will find all of these articles about Hades and I will drop them all in the content drop because Hades is amazing. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> I will find... Uh, I've just beaten the first boss. The Meg. Yeah. yeah. Meg, yeah. I'll see you now. Well, I, well, I did a couple more runs um, earlier in the week. So I'll talk about it on the review show next Monday. Because cool. I am hoping to make quite a bit of progress over the weekend. We'll see. 
I was hoping to play a lot of video games today. That did not happen. <laughs> um, we got some games out next week, Moody. We got a lot of games out next week. <laughs> yes, I have. I we, see that. I feel like ever since you said, I'm going to give this to you now. We've Moody, got a tremendous I, amount of games out. Like I feel like you shafted me. <laughs> I just kept going and going. And I was like, holy fuck. And I was like, because I have two websites that I check. And I checked the first one. And I was like, all right, cool. That's a reasonable amount of games. And then I was like, all right, I'll check the other website. Just just in case there's stuff on there that's not on the other one. And then there was so many. <laughs> and then I added them. And I was like, right, well, I'll check my... I'll check my spreadsheet, which I gave you access to last week. And I was like, let's see if there's anything on here that's not on. And oh my fucking God, there was so many games on that spreadsheet that weren't on either. And I was just like, by the time I was finished, I was like, holy fuck. And then I, I thought, how am I going to play some, <laughs> like all of the games on this list that are interesting looking to me? How am I going to find the time to play them all? <laughs> what the fuck? Like the dinosaurs, I mean, life finds a way. I was going to play NHL next week because for the first time in ages, and now I just don't think I'm going to have time. <laughs> oh, bless. Oh, bless. Anyway, you go on because I'm going to go pee. <clears throat> now get some romantic music in the background, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get you into this. You will absolutely not get any dramatic music in the background. I'm not editing that in. Aww. Like, people might want a pina colada. Da, 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 da. I just had to tick a big box on Apple that said I owned all of the music in this podcast, so definitely not. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> October 13th, Touchlight 3, PC, PlayStation 4, X-Bone, in touch, Touchlight 3, no, no. Ah, oh, fuck it, I can't fuck it up, but I'm going to keep on going, ladies and gentlemen. In Touchlight 3, Novesta, I think, is again under threat to invade... In eh, is under a threat of invasion as up to you to defend against Neverims and its allies. Gather your wits and brave the frontier to find fame, glory, and new adventure! Remother broken pollings, pal I think. I can't spell. I'll read very well. Don't know why she give me this to do this. Like, really? I feel like she hates me. But let's keep moving. PC, PlayStation 4, the X-Bone, and the NS. Broken po Paul Links, I think, again, screw it, brings an abundance of, of welcome changes to the series, introducing new gameplay and storytelling elements that breathes new life into the characters and the unprecedented levels of immersion in uh, this haunting adventure, perfect for both new and returning fans to the series. The Werewolf Apocalypse. Heart of the Forest, PC only. Explore the myths and monsters of Europe's last primeval wilderness. Play as Maya, who arrives at an ancient something forest looking to explore her family history. Discover rage in an adventure game inspired by the experience of the legendary tabletop role-playing games. Werewolf the Apocalypse. Now it's time for October 14th. Return one-way trip for the master race. Return one-way trip is a 2D side-scrolling puzzle adventure horror game trapped in a ghostly train. Saki must search for the past and the present to find and save her friends. More importantly, Saki must 
use her wits if she is to survive against the unspeakable evil hell bent on avenging unrequited love. Okay, you know you get ten more games after this, right? I'm just saying. I got this. I don't know why I'm looking that way. I got this. I got this. You do you. October 15th. Age of Empires 3, the definitive definition. Master's Race. This is the game my partner's going to play. Master Race. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, let me do what I want to do. No, all right. I'm letting you do the voice, Stop right? Don't me. <laughs> Just say PC. <sighs> PC. Age of Empires 3, Definitive Edition, completes the celebration of one of the most beloved real-time strategy franchises with remastered graphics and music, all previously released expansions and brand new content to enjoy for the very first time. Now you're just being petty. I know. <laughs> Cake Bash! PC, PlayStation 4, Xbone, NS, and GS. Google Stadia, I guess? Google Stadia. Hey, I got there. Fight to the tastiest cake in Cake Bash. The phonetic four-player party game where adorable drawn-to-life cakes beat the crumbs out of each other. That sounds wrong, but whatever. Tears of Avia, I think. PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbone. Tears of Avia is a turn-based strategy and tactics. An RPG set in the beautiful world of Vesteria. Navigate through war-torn environments as, as you build your party and develop each member's ability through extensive skill tree systems. <clears throat> oh, you're losing Space a bit there, are you? <clears throat> Didn't think this through, maybe. <laughs> <clears throat> Space Crew, PC, PlayStation 4, Xbone, and NS. Captain's Log, Stardate, 21959. This is Space Crew. What? It continues mention to defend Earth and humankind, to eliminate the extraterrestrial threat, and to boldly go where no crew has gone before in this unique strategy space simulator. That stole every line from Star Trek. <laughs> Raya, right, well, Raja, an epic, an ancient epic. PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox. Raja, an ancient epic, is an action adventure game Raja. set in ancient India. A young girl named Raja has been chosen Raja. by the gods. Shut up. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Stop ruining this. If you, get the last, just... if you get the last word of this right, I'll be impressed. Mother God. <laughs> Where was I? Risha has been chosen by the gods to stand against demonic invasions of the human realm. Her destiny to rescue her younger brother and to face a demon lord. Ring of Pain, PC. The king of <laughs> Ring of Pain. But what's the demon lord's name, Rudy? I need to know. Mahabalasura, by any chance? Yeah, good for you. King, uh, enter the Ring of Pain, a roguelike card crawler where, encou where encounters would come to... See, you're messing me up now, so leave me alone. I, I want to get out of this segment at some point in this podcast. So do I. You put these many games. Like, I didn't put these many games. I didn't expect you to read them so slowly. Ring of Pain is coming to PC on October 15th. Enter the Ring of Pain, a roguelike card crawler where encounters come to you. Each step around the ring, a dire decision. Go for the loot or backstab a creeping horror. Meet strange friends bearing gifts and treasure. 
choose your gear wisely to survive and discover the secrets of the ring of pain. Are you gonna drink that the entire time? Just, just, just to be, just, just because I've annoyed you, or is it just because you you throw so much doing that? My throat is fine, young lady. Okay, young lady, I'm older than you. <clears throat> I know that's true. <laughs> okay, old lady, that's fine. Fuck you. <laughs> Are you gonna let me finish this or not? Yeah, sure. Okay. We're in October sixteenth, right? No, no, you need to do no yeah. I knew you were gonna say that one. <clears throat> New Year is a magical action roguelite set in a world where every pixel is physically simulated. Fight, explore, melt, burn, freeze, and evaporate your way through the producial procedurally procedural generated world using spells created you've created yourself. October sixteenth, three more to go, ladies and gentlemen. We might have got there faster if Amy wasn't disturbing me. Nine monkeys of Sh- Shalon. Shaolin. 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 PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. <clears throat> a true rebirth of the iconic beat-em-up genre in vain of old-school video games. As a simple Chinese fisherman, Wei Chen, you have to avenge the death of your friends and family slaughtered in a pirate raid <clears throat> Excuse me, at your peaceful village. NHL 21. It's a hockey game. Get over it, ladies and gentlemen. Mario Kart Whoa! Live. <laughs> Comes to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Whoa! So about that <laughs> In ESports, NHL 21 is the most creative, inventive, and fearless players that you that are worth celebrating. Carve your path to stars, superstardom. Is that these put superstar, not stardom super, in an extensive B a promo to go down as one of the league's greatest on the ice? Change up your attack with all new moves, deckers, danglers, evasive moves. Inspired by the league's most groundbreaking innovators. It's a hockey game, guys. We already know. It's oh, look, right? If you read the, the fucking FIFA, FIFA one from FIFA. last week, you're reading the, the fucking hockey one. FIFA. Because FIFA's, <laughs> because football's shit and hockey's good. So you just shut up and read the fucking hockey one, all right? <laughs> but I've just read the but hockey read one. I'm going to yes, but stop complaining about it. Well, they're both the same. They just copy and paste. It's all right. Mario Kart Live Home Circuit for the Nintendo Switch. Drive a kart in the real world using familiar Mario Kart controls and see the action from your kart's onboard camera displayed on your Nintendo Switch or TV screen. Watch as your home is transformed into a death trap, basically, ocean deaths and sandy deserts and more from the world of the Mario Kart. Copy and paste, just like FIFA, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I'm looking game... there. I mean, look at here. I, 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 never said the, I never said the games weren't like copy paste. It's a, it's a Yellow Sports game. But if you're going to read the FIFA one, objectively, with football being an objectively lesser sport than ice hockey, you, you're damn going to read the well, you're going to read the hockey one, too. I read the hockey one. I read it. Anyway, let's play open credit. People now? are gonna people are gonna look at the timestamps and think, "Fucking hell, why is the why is the games out this next week's section so long?" And it'll and be because Mister Go- Mister Moody decided to activate Captain Kirk mode. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say something different there. I was gonna say the actor's name, but then I was like, "No, the actor's yeah. a terrible yeah. person." Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, 
pick less games next week, okay? It's not. I don't pick it to get. How, Pick relevant games. I am not in charge of what games come out week to week. I do not have that power. <laughs> yes, you do, because you can choose which one we talk about. Some that, of them don't need to be deserved. games out next like, week. It will be, oh, here's a few games coming out next week. It wouldn't be games out next week if I did, did that, would it? Yeah, but you just pick the relevant games. No. So, like, you could have, like, you what's relevant? One. Because I guarantee that what's relevant to you is not what's relevant to me. You just said take out the NHL one, the one game I was looking forward to playing next week. So shut the fuck up. Alright, fine. Take the Mario Kart out one. I'm that's gonna, one. That's just, I'm that's just gonna take make you out. <laughs> Amy, Amy. We've been down this road before. Okay? We've been down this road before. Yeah, we have. Don't let your mouth write checks so your ass can't cash. I will fucking kill you. <laughs> Critic head to head, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do this. One of these days, open critic head to head is going to be where I literally beat you with a sign that I that I've made of the open critic logo. That's what open critic head to head is going to be one one of these days. But for now. It's a game myself and Moody play every single week where we try to guess the up open critic average of one upcoming game. Whoever guesses closest gets one point. If you manage to guess the score correctly, you get two points. Last week, we tried to guess the open critic average of FIFA 21. I guess it would get an open critic average of 82. Moody guessed it would get an open critic average of 78. And at the time of recording, FIFA 21 has an open critic average of 76. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you've been in the Thank league you. before, man. Let's not forget. That puts Thank the you. current scores at Amy 17, Moody 18 with three draws. I've guessed closest on Dreams, Warcraft 3, One Punch Man, Half-Life Alex, Resident Evil 3, Gears Tactics, Legends of Runeterra, Deep Rock Galactic Manny, Xenoblade Chronicles, West of Dead, Ghost of Tsushima, Other Side, Surgeon Simulator 2, Mario, and Super Mario 3D All-Stars. I also guessed the score correctly for Carrion. By being really immature and guessing the number 69. <laughs> and it paid off. <laughs> Moody has guessed closest on Zombie Army 4, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, XCOM, Chimera Squad, Command & Conquer Remastered, Iron Man VR, Deadly Premonition 2, Fall Guys, Total War, Troy, Flight Simulator, Avengers, Necromunda, and FIFA 21. He's also guessed the scores correctly for both Pokemon Mystery Dungeon and Serious Sam 4. The three draws were for The Last of Us Part 2, SpongeBob, SquarePants, and Star Wars Squadrons. This week, we're going to guess the open critic average of Remothered Broken Porcelain. The upcoming horror game that maybe, I'm sure Moody just told you about. Well, it was going to be Torchlight 3, and then I was like, wait, I've played like 15 hours of Torchlight 3. I can't be Torchlight 3, that would be unfair. <clears throat> What do you think, Moody? Hello? I heard you. Are you still I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking. Okay. Sure you can hear me. Now you're just speaking like you. <laughs> I didn't know whether you muted yourself or not because you didn't say anything. No, I haven't muted myself, no. Well, you might wanted me to, so it's all right. <laughs> I can understand you might have wanted no, me I'm going to have to put a fucking headphone warning on this episode of the podcast. 
one day technical issues is actually you're gonna put that little technical issue. <laughs> I video might do that in this episode. Just be like technical issues. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. <laughs> While Amy runs down the A1. <laughs> yeah, don't even use a car. Just run. <sighs> Come on, through my window. Hit me with your best shot. Um, 79. 79. Boom. Mr. Moody, you have guessed. That remothered broken porcelain. We'll get a 79. I... I'm starting to come off like the less optimistic of the two of us, and I don't like this. <laughs> but... I'm not. I'm not risking losing another point just to out optimist up out optimistic you. I'm. I'm guessing for a seventy. I'm swinging at seventy. That's where. I'm oh going. well, I've only. I've only like. I. I checked when I saw it, obviously the show notes, and I just had a look. Okay, what's this game? Okay, what? Okay, it's the developer. Okay, this one. Okay, what was their last game? Okay, what's the other games they've done? They've only done over one of the game. That was the previous version of this. Yeah, I remember. So, I never played it, and I never did. But I remember that there was a lot of Facebook adverts for it. Yeah, um, so the last game. I know, like I remember seeing a lot yeah. of Facebook adverts, but I never actually played it. Yeah, and that one's like seventy, around seventy-five. Right. Well, I don't know why I said 70, 75. And just because they've got they've added in new things, I'm taking a, I'm taking the risk of saying, okay, maybe it's just that little bit better. So maybe right, I don't think it'll get into the 80s, but maybe the high 70s. I did not do any research, as, again, as you might expect. <laughs> it's better than you rolling a dice like From someone who is, who is guessed the scores by, so far, 2020 by rolling a dice, guessing the sex number. <laughs> like... Just because it's funny. Like, I've done all sorts of crazy, and sometimes it works. (laughs) Like, I know of this game. Um, I mean, I'm interested to play this game, but, you know, given the amount of games that are coming out next week, we'll we'll see if I get a chance to play it. Um, My chair is rubbing up against my desk. It's making a noise. Um, Yeah, so 70, I'm going for. Just wild stab in the dark. Horror games, horror games tend to either review really well or really badly most of the time. So, because I think horror is is probably a bit more subjective than any other game genre, purely because like you know what scares you is subject is highly subjective. Like your own fears and anxieties are different yeah. to mine. Like Kitchen VR scared the shit out of me. We put Keith in it and he had no reaction to it whatsoever. <laughs> Um, go figure. Keith is a robot. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's it. I mean, we've got like some time. If you've got anything you want to talk about, we kind of. You want to hear the breaking news for Spider-Man Three? We didn't. We didn't talk. We didn't do a Porsche last week. Um, no, we did not. Is this about um, Doctor Strange? Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch joined Spider-Man yeah, Three. I was like Jamie uh, Jamie Fox, and I was like, not Jamie Fox. That was <clears> last week. <laughs> Oh, that was crazy when I saw that. Benedict but if anyone's listened to the latest episode of the Glorious I... Movie Show, you've heard me go crazy with yeah. uh, with thoughts of what this means. And Andrew I think this, Garfield, this bring him move back. has literally just made me go, shit, that this is actually going to happen. <laughs> so... yeah, it's the multiverse. It's the multiverse. Um, 
yeah, I look forward to seeing Spider-Man, uh, the next Spider-Man movie, ten years from now, when uh, <laughs> when it finally comes out. That like, is true. Yeah, that is true. Because like movies in general are just not going to come out for a long time. Like <clears throat> they've pushing they're pushing them all back to like March or whatever. You know, like March April. Let's a Jurassic World and just jumped to got, got out the dodge of 2021 as well and just yeah, said we're just, just going to go to 2022 to be on the outside. And it's just yeah, like peace, okay, but what's, what do you think is going to change? What do you think is going like movie studios? What do you think is going to change by March April time? Like people are saying, like people who are experts at this stuff are saying that like any kind of vaccine at the earliest could be summer. So why are you scheduling your movies like for when you know you're probably not going to be able to show them at the cinema? Cinema, because like. As someone who's not an expert in movies, as I admit freely every time I come on your podcast, like even though you did do a degree a degree for it, I I did a degree in writing, like oh, okay. that's a very different thing. And oh, all I learned was it for movies. All I learned was it was for a performance. So um, movies, stage plays, radio. I did some creative writing stuff as well, fiction writing, poetry bit of everything really but i made some movies when i was in college um university but um no like like this is because of tenant right tenant didn't do as well as it probably would have um like if it had just come out and there'd been no pandemic lockdown yeah, i think it's just crossed 300 million worldwide i think yeah that sounds a lot that sounds a lot <laughs> um oh yeah tenant was probably his aim to be like an 800 900 excuse yeah. me million dollar movie so no it's not as big as a marvel cinematic universe movie which obviously but yeah even that sounds quite low so i imagine a lot of people are like well no one's gonna not as many people are paying the cinema which is fine but i feel like nothing's gonna change <laughs> to when all these movies start like are supposed to be coming out again and you're just gonna delay them again <laughs> like you know I don't know. That's that's what I think as a complete outsider to like movies and and like how the business side of movies works. Um, yeah, I don't really know when it comes to this thing right now. Like, there's there like are I've streaming platforms that they can use. Like, <laughs> yeah, but sadly, when it comes to that, they've made they've spent a lot of money on like like Mulan. Like there was an article that was got sent by uh, Henry, my co-host, uh, who from Yahoo, who said that Mulan did seem like it's done very well for month streaming service, but an analytics for that actual thing that they used, they didn't apparently Yahoo did not read them right. So that kind of tells me that Mulan probably hasn't done very well. It was not as good as what they were hoping it to be. Probably because you were paying a Disney Plus subscription for for it, and then it was like, yeah, it's been like twenty quid, was it? Twenty top? quid for us, thirty dollars in a month for a fucking I don't know, for the rest forty-eight of the hour rental. Like... No, you got you got it permanently if you were still a Disney Plus subscriber. Ah, oh, like a game with a gold game. Yeah, basically, yeah. A PS Plus um, game, even. even though Disney have just done us dirty with that. I saw your tweet. Yeah, I wasn't very happy. I'm going to be talking about it on the podcast. Tomorrow. Um. Yeah, the price of of the of the cost of buying it was probably what put a lot of people off. Not necessarily the fact that it was on a streaming site. Um, um but anyway, you wanted to talk. Sorry, I asked a completely different question. What you probably wanted to talk about? 
what were you asking? Sorry. Um, no, no, I, I was started talking about the mechanics of, of the business of movies and, and during the pandemic and the cinemas and stuff. You probably just wanted to talk about Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> being in Spider-Man. <clears throat> and I totally derailed that in, immediately. No, I asked you. I said, do you want to know? Do you want to talk about the, the breaking news what I've just seen? That's all I said. Uh, the, when it comes to the thing, what you've asked, that's basically, it's too wide of a thing right now. Like, they're try. They're just. They're just going along with it right now. They're trying to do the best they can right now to do what they can to try and stay into some sort of business and everything. Obviously, all all the big studios are, are, are hemorrhaging money. Basically, Disney, like they, like they're they're not just just a movie studio. They've got theme parks and everything like that, which they can't open, uh, where they're losing money, millions and millions of dollars a month for that. <clears throat> and yeah, it's. I see why they've all jumped ship to 2020. No, to 2021, I mean. I understand that. I can appreciate that. Like I've said multiple times myself, I don't go to the cinema right now. I don't intend to go to the cinema right now. But then when you hear things that at the AMC who are who own Odeon over here saying that if they shut, they don't think they could reopen again. Type of thing. That they could if they if they shut it, they probably would go into liquidation within six months. Which That's is scary to think. Which is very scary to think. But then you've got Cineworld, who who owns Regal over in America. They've shut. Like they've they've like I've got an email this week saying that we're shutting and everything like that. Yeah. Like Odeon is over here switched to the weekend system and everything. And it's just like, yeah. But like it's like I don't want to put my I don't want to put my personal safety and like other people's because I don't live alone. Other people's personal safety like ahead like just. Just so I can go and watch a movie at the cinema. Yeah. Like when like I when I knew I wasn't going back to the cinema for a long time. When I chose not to go and watch, uh, I think Star Wars was one of them. When they, you know when they were just doing classical movies when they when they just reopened. Yeah. Um, and Empire Strikes Back was one of the movies that they were doing at my cinema on the like the extreme screen, with the big fucking speakers and the huge screen. And I was like tempted, but I said no, I'm not. No, thank you. And at that one side, like, not decided not to go and see one of my favorite movies of all time. I was like, I'm, I, I knew in my head, I'm not going back to the cinema for a while. <laughs> like, yeah. if Empire can't get me back, then... yeah, it's it's very interesting. Like, I've seen like a friend of ours, uh, Callum. He's like spoken to about it a lot, and like he <clears throat> understands. To what I can tell, he can he understands like why people aren't going. But also, it's like the studios need to be doing more, and like, um, and like maybe the stream, like maybe the cinemas and streaming services need to stop their divide and actually come together and help each other out. Yeah. But even though streaming services is like, yeah, we're getting all the money we want right now, we're good. Type of, we, type of thing. You know, we still got <laughs> we, Netflix. We, we Netflix. Win. We still got all content coming out somehow. Basically, <laughs> yeah, and like Star Trek next week. What? <laughs> Yeah, and like Disney Plus gets obviously Mandalorian later this month for season two, which is obviously well, they're talking about the expanses uh, might be coming out at the end of the year on Amazon as well because they'd filmed it all before um, before they got shut down. And on, on top of that, with One Division at the end of the year as well. So yeah, it's like a lot That's of stuff cool. already got like filmed. It's weird, it's crazy, isn't it? To yeah. think like all this stuff like is still going to come out, and like that's where streaming services have the advantage because. Well, they're still bringing stuff out. Like, and cinemas aren't, aren't bringing anything out. And it's not the cinema's fault. It's the studios who are delaying their movies, like, constantly delaying their movies. And, and, and I can't necessarily knock that strategy either. 
Yeah. Like, it's a, lot, it's a weird yeah. situation, but it's like, when you look at, like, Netflix and Amazon and Disney+, Plus, you're all still bringing out new content. Mm-hmm. And then you go on the other hand, and there's nothing coming out of the cinema. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm getting stuck. It's the same reason... It, to bring it back around to video games, it's the same reason why there's been such a big surge in digital. It's purely because there was a moment in time where people couldn't easily get physical copies of games, so yeah. they just bought them digitally. It's a convenience yeah. thing, and like more mm-hmm. and like some people will stick to that. And it's the same thing with this, where like some people have probably gone harder on Disney Plus or Amazon or Netflix, and will probably stick to it ahead of going to the cinemas. Yeah, it's. Because it's not cheap. <laughs> Going to the cinema is not cheap. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Unless you have an Audion card or a Cineworld card. I want to live next to a view. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, the the only reason I got the, used to go to the cinema once a week was because I lived next to a view cinema and it's £5 a ticket every day for every movie. Yeah. It's not like a fiver a week. is like, I could do that. Oh, it's the depression thing. Depression. I saw depressing. someone on Twitter though, like <laughs> there was this thing going around on Twitter which was um like what was the last film you saw at a cinema? And mine was Little Women. Um that was the last film yeah. I saw at the cinema. And I was I was happy with that cuz I really enjoyed it. But the person it was Ollie I think, um he retweeted it. And his last film was Rise of Skywalker and he was super pissed because it's just like oh my god, if that's the last film I ever see at a cinema <laughs> I would have been so mad. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> I'll have a look. I don't know what was that. What was my last film? I'll be able to tell you. This will be the last one. Like, yeah. On my list. Like, I'm super this. excited because Parasite and Night and Seventeen are both coming on Prime this month. Da, 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 da. Oh, I know much better to pray. I really liked it. We talked about it last week. Da, 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 da. Uh, the last film I saw in cinemas was Onward, the uh, yeah. Pixar movie from Disney. Cool. I saw Hamilton on Disney Plus, and I bought the the way back when it came on for VOD. So, cool. wow. The year started all right as well, like nineteen seventeen. Oh Devil yeah, like we you. talked about Little it on women, your podcast. Boys you? for life. Bad boys for like bad boys for life. Yeah, because at the beginning of the year, I'd seen Little Women, mm-hmm. I'd seen Jojo Rabbit, and I think there was a couple other films. But I remember being like, "Wow, there's like a lot of cool films coming out this year." Um, like because I was just starting to get back into going to go in the cinema. Yeah, and then the world ended. Um, and now we sit in our bunkers, talking about video games on the internet. We dare not see each other face to face in public. We can't, sadly. Basically, all of the, you know these podcasts from like March onwards, right? Yeah. Like all the podcasts that we've done, it's it be interesting to watch them back five years from now to like watch like the twenty twenty podcast. I think, and just like just our podcast, and just be like remembering that moment in history when like the world basically was came, came to a stop but we were like just seeing what we were podcasting how we were when we were podcasting <laughs> yeah that sounds so crazy because then you then when you see it then you remember saying oh jesus oh, crap yeah then all of this then all of the stuff happened with black lives matter 
and et cetera, and et cetera, and all like the Me Too movement into the gaming industry part, basically. And oh god, yeah, it'll be interesting. In it'll a way be... that I don't think any yeah. other year, like in a way that I don't think watching any other pod, any other like years worth of podcasts back would be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that'll do it for episode two hundred and twenty. Yeah, seven of the words about games casting. That's a nice place to end. Um, also, there's vo- I can end. hear voices all over my headphones outside my door, so that's definitely not a good sign. Um, <laughs> it it means that it's probably been picked up by the microphone. My people I live with are being loud outside my door. Is what I'm saying. Oh, um, I can't hear anything. Don't. Um. Yeah, that's gonna do it. Say bye, Moody. Bye, Moody. Bye. Remember, you can get this thing on on audio podcast now. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. Yay! Subscribe. Do it now. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs>